Hello and welcome back to Quintessential Voices. My name's Marverine Cole. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This time round we are talking about improvisational theatre and I managed to catch up with two fantastic, very, very talented young actresses from what's being billed as Birmingham's freshest improvisational theatre company, Jumprov. What it was, Sonny, the founder, he loved improvisation and he, he constantly attended something called Box of Frogs in the Mosley area, which is an improv um, dropping class. And he just decided that what he saw was not representative of the West Midlands. So Adaya Henry and Jade Samuel spent some time in me, with me um, up at a coffee shop in Kings Heath. It was great to meet them to find out more about Jumprov, who's in it, why they're doing it, and also um, to offer some words of why, uh, words of wisdom, even um, some advice uh, for anyone who aspires to become an actor and actress. Life is going to happen, unfortunately. And no, fortunately, fortunately, I'm going to edit that. Fortunately, life is going to happen. And you can't wait for it to be perfect. It's like anything. Dance in that rain. You cannot wait for it to be perfect. So just just keep at it. And some days you're going to want it more and some days you're not. And on them days where you really want it, be very proactive. And on the days where you don't want it, still try. First of all, I started off by asking Adea, why choose improv? The diversity within improv is basically non-existent, especially in Birmingham. There's a few improv troops, don't get me wrong, improv's happening here. But in terms of different ethnicities, even ages and gender, I'd even say, there's not many women that I've seen in improv. So I think it was just a really fun way, unique way, and as actors for us, it's just honing in on more skills. Like, improv's really useful in terms of that as well. So I just think, I don't know, it's just a crazy idea and it's working. <laughs> and so, Jade, then what do you what do you reckon you're going to bring that's different? Because um, Adaya just said, you know, not a fat lot of diversity <laughs> in other improv groups around this area. What are you going to bring that's going to really surprise the audience, you think? Well, improv is thinking on your feet. So it'll, it's, it's stories and characters and scenarios that come from your own experiences that you're, you're drawing upon and, and creating within that exact moment. Excellent. And just to give us a reminder, who exactly is in Jumprov? Um, who are your colleagues that you're with? And um, tell us a bit about uh, why it all came together. So we have Sunny Dapp, who is the founder. We have Jay Drutch, we have Marius Turner, Chantal Areu, and David Jackson, as well as myself, Nadea. And um, what it was, Sonny, the founder, he loved improvisation and he, he constantly attended something called Box of Frogs in the Mosley area, which is an improv um, dropping class, along with a lot of the other members. I didn't, I'd never done it before. And he just decided that what he saw was not representative of the West Midlands. We have one of the most ethnically diverse regions in the country, maybe in the world. Like, there's literally... Everywhere you look, there's a different culture or a different colour or creed, 
So Sunu decided to do something groundbreaking and bring together Diane, myself, and all the other guys to create this. So it was just a brilliant opportunity for all of us to come together, even though we're all in the creative industry and we all obviously want to do improv, we had that in common, but it's working together so closely, it's it's brought something even more, do you know what I mean? The connection between us, the way that we can all relate to each other is insane and I think that's why it's so special and why people will really enjoy what they see because there isn't anything like it. I don't even think we expected to, for it to be what it what it is, what it has become. It's just amazing how, like, I literally feel like we're a little improv family. And, you know, Sonny doesn't want it to stop there. He wants people to see what we're doing and be like, you know what, we can do that. You know, we want more people to be doing this. It's not competition to us. It's we all grow together. We all, you know, put ourselves out there together and for Birmingham as well. I graduated from drama school in the June and I didn't have a lot happening for me. I'd, I'd done a show, but um, a week before we were due to go out, someone pulled £10,000 backing out of it, and it just fell out, the show did. And that was when I was, I was still technically at drama school. They let me leave a few months early to do this show. So I was, literally, it was a baptism of fire, that one. And Can I just ask you, what did that do for you, your confidence in that knowing that the backing had gone and you were all like fully prepared mentally, I imagine, to go into the show? I wasn't in a great space at first. But out of an awful situation, something good came. Someone had handed me a year earlier a monologue about a very fair-skinned black lady getting on a train in the south of America. And as she handed her ticket to the conductor, he says, um, you're on the wrong coach, and moved her through to the, wh- the white coach, and she decided to live as a white person. And I'm very fair-skinned, and I, I decided that I was going to do that at Monologue Slam if nothing happened for me. So the email comes into my inbox from Monologue Slam, audition slots alive. I just went for it, two months out of drama school. Um, went up to Manchester, because it wasn't in the Midlands at that point, uh, and won. <laughs> what was that feeling like when your name was announced? I didn't believe it, to be honest with you. I literally went, what? No, no. I was convinced an older lady was going to win it. But they were like, no. Jerry Knight-Smith, who's head of casting at the uh, Manchester Royal Exchange, he picked me as his winner. He was like, we loved what you did with it. And I was like... And particularly after that awful incident, my confidence wasn't great, so it it really helped me propel myself into my career. And things happened after that. (laughs) The the show that fell apart, it um, gained funding. It was called The Good Enough Moms Club. It was a musical in London and all the actresses in it were parents My son, I'm a parent all the actresses in it were parents and, um, it was about the, the experience of being a mother because parenting so musical you know we sing nursery rhymes and stuff but it was raw and honest like we gave birth to an Argentine tango and stuff like that it was just real and raw and it was amazing and then um, when I was still at drama school, I emailed Alison Solomon, who was head of casting at the Birmingham Rep at the time, and I was like, I love this theatre, I really want to work with it. So then um, they put out a casting for series regular for Doctors, which I didn't get because my nerves cr- crippled me at the last hurdle, but they loved me. So I got to do an episode of Doctors off the back of that as guest lead. Um, I'm now involved with Monologue Slam on a, um, a producing level. I'm not head producer, but I help run the event. And I'm staying with Triforce as well as as acting. So, yeah, things have happened. (laughs) 
Excellent. Brilliant, 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 brilliant story. You've got a good story around Monologue Slam as well, haven't you, Diane? I saw you on stage, actually. It must have been one of the first or maybe the second. Was it the second, like, Monologue Slam in Birmingham? I remember rushing from London um, and crashing through the door towards the end of it. <laughs> but I remember seeing you. Um, yeah, so I won the Birmingham one in October, um, which was just amazing. I auditioned for the May show the one before and didn't get him at all so I was just incredibly excited to get in to the second one but I, I changed my approach a bit I wrote my own monologue I thought because it is a lot to do with you know the monologue you choose you need to have something that is right for you you know not just something for the sake of this or that you know and I really I wrote this monologue I worked so hard on it and obviously it paid off what was it tell, tell me about what it was you wrote and, and um, why it meant so much to you so the monologue it's called Shot Girls it's from a play that I'm actually writing called Shot Girls um, and I am a shot girl <laughs> it's one of those jobs that I just have to do um, so I've been a shot girl for years and years and the amount of inspiration I get from nightclubs from people you know, I see it all, so I just... And there's a real big gap in the market for telling stories about nights out in this country. It's so glamorised, and it's nothing like that. It's it's disgusting, honestly, it is. We go out and spend money just to look like trash at the end of the night and have, have all sorts. So I just, you know, I wanted to I wanted to put it in, but I, there was a, a little bit of a serious tone to it. Um, I do mention a bit where a guy says something quite derogatory, and which I did want to get in for the shock factor like there was a few laughs but I think people were a bit like oh and that there was a, that line in it about a guy wanting to shove something in a place that I won't mention right now is deadly true you know and I just thought it's it's me you know I can relate to it and hopefully other people relate to it um like Jade I was completely shocked when they said that I'd won I was sitting in my seat comfortable as anything like what well, and it, it's just the most amazing event. Like, the people there are fantastic. Like, the whole of the tri- Triforce team, so supportive. They make you feel so comfortable. I think every actor going into it, especially for the first time, is nervous, obviously. Like, we get nervous for anything. But for that, I, I was really nervous because I knew there'd be, like, industry people there as well. You know, I just went in thinking, I just want to do a good job. I just just want to show people that I'm here. And, you know, I've, I've got something about me, hopefully. Um, and the actors are just lovely everyone just makes you feel so comfortable so it was just a brilliant experience and I'd be forever grateful for it it's a really unique experience as well isn't it because when I saw it in London I was thinking wow this needs to this needs to travel and then like within months it was because it's about visibility isn't it because you know acting as a craft you know it's hard unless you are unless you are heading you know you decamp to Manchester you decamp to London and try and make it there it's kind of there's not a fat lot happening here is there so to kind of make you more visible to industry leaders is really key isn't it I mean what sort of industry connections did you make from winning that so from the Birmingham one it's brilliant because everyone stays at the end in the marmalade at the rep and has a bit of a drink so exactly so even if people aren't in the show it's a brilliant if you're an actor and you're all creative it's a brilliant thing to come to because there's guaranteed industry people there um so there was a guy called Rami there from Channel 4, who's like head of diversity at Channel 4, who came and spoke to me at the end, so I was super excited. And Lee Mason, who was um, one of the judges, who also works for Channel 4, so obviously he'd 
had a part in making me win, so I was super excited to meet them. And then, obviously, I got to go to the final in London then, which then there was even more industry people there. It was it was incredible. It was nerve wracking. The talent was insane. I will say the crowd wasn't as friendly as Birmingham. I don't know whether it's just because it's my hometown, but the vibe wasn't there as much for me. And the networking at the end wasn't as good either. Like in Birmingham, really everyone stays out and has a drink, and you know a lot of people had to head off. But obviously public transport and stuff. There's all sorts of reasons. Yeah. Um, but then they chose Channel 4 were there again, of course, and chose 10 actors to champion their career with Channel 4 drama. And I was lucky enough to be one of the 10 selected, me and Joanna Gay, who's also from Birmingham. So both of us were in Birmingham. So, yes, that's really exciting. And hopefully... I was going to say, what does that mean? What could that mean? What did they say that could mean? That sounds so exciting. <laughs> no, is that, well, I think that's what our first thought was to everyone. Um... You know, we've been down there, we've had a, a day out um, at Channel 4 where we've had amazing opportunities speaking to casting directors. You know, we've been in places where you, there, were just, there would have been no other way for me to get into that room on that day without monologue slam, you know, without the, these things. So it's just, it's just one of them. As you say, it's the visibility. It's getting us, ourselves out there. So... Just the fact that I've met those people, they've seen me, I've performed in front of them. Obviously, they've got my contact details now, so whenever you're ready to ring. Um, no, pester them, pester them. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just one of them. It's really exciting, and hopefully something great will come out of it. If it does, I'll definitely let you know. So there are a lot of people who'll be listening who have aspirations to be an actor and it all looks so glamorous when you see all these award ceremonies and all this on TV and you're obsessed with all the dramas and the comedies on TV and stuff. What advice would you give for anyone who wants to try and make their mark, whatever the age? You need to be very persistent and have an amazing level of patience. For myself, it took me four years to get into drama school, four, four attempts, and I, I did a foundation course at another drama school before I finally got my place at um, Rose Bruford where I trained. And then in the middle of that, I got pregnant. So from my first audition to graduation, it was 10 years. You have to want this because life is going to happen, unfortunately. And no, fortunately, fortunately, I'm going to edit that. Fortunately, life is going to happen. And you can't wait for it to be perfect it's like anything dance in that rain you cannot wait for it to be perfect so just just keep at it and some days you're going to want it more and some days you're not and on them days where you really want it be very proactive and on the days where you don't want it still try (laughs) i love it i love it and yeah fortunately because life we shouldn't we shouldn't kind of see anything that happens um is getting in the way of what we're pursuing it's all part and parcel of the journey isn't it and what would you say any advice to anyone listening who's like yeah 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 i want to do i want to do improv i want to get to drama school all that i would say literally go and do it don't wait there's so much wasted talent across the country because people as jay said are not proactive enough and you know okay we we do need people to cast us and we do need someone to believe in us and say here you go do this part but I'm not sitting around waiting between those things you know what I mean we're we're not doing that we're doing this we're doing jump rav I've just set up my own productions company you know 
I know I can do this. I know this is what I want to do with my life. And if you know that, then you just need to go and do it. Don't wait for that part or, you know, don't wait for that opportunity. Create the opportunity for yourself. Network, meet the right people. Go and see shows. Write to casting directors like Jay did, you know. There's, there's so much we can do. It sometimes feels like we're completely powerless, but there is a lot we can do. In terms of just putting yourself out there and, you know, in this time with social media especially, you know, I started putting my poems out online, which is just a hobby to me. And I've got paid work from doing that, you know, and it's just insane, yeah. Most of the big paying work I've had, adverts, um, that mum's musical I was telling you about, loads of jobs. I did a musical last year. I connected with those people through Twitter and Facebook. It wasn't my agent or anyone else. It was me making relationships with people on social media. It's very important that you, you social media, use social media. is the, a really good piece of advice for an actor today. And what do you think, um, you know, there's always the debate, it goes around and around and around about the state of acting for black British actors in Britain. And, you know, the guys are going over to America and making it. What do you feel about the state of a British acting for black women, mixed race women in Britain today? We are normal people living everyday lives, going to coffee shops, going to supermarkets. We don't just sell drugs, do you know what I mean? Which is, I know it's very over the top, but it's basically what the media shows us to be. And it's, it's time now... I think people are getting the itch and people are really getting annoyed with it now and that's why so many people, especially in Birmingham, are making their own work. And you know what's interesting? I totally agree with the, with the, um, the point that, you know, you've got to write, you've almost kind of got to set up your own projects as well. Um, so we'll be doing our own thing. But we still, I feel, and it's, it's the case in, in the work that I do, I do my own thing, I do this podcast, but also I still feel need to have a, a foot in the other camp of kind of the mainstream camp in terms of working with big broadcasters or whatever it is um so what what do you think could be some of the ways that the mainstream can be encouraged to be more open-minded and to cast more black women as just normal women <laughs> in programs and dramas in comedies any ideas Honestly, it has to start with society's viewpoint on black and mixed race women. That's that. That's the only way you're going to change anybody. Is it when they see that that we are just human beings and that we're not in any way, shape, or form different just because our pigment happens to be full of melanin and our hair happens to curl and kink. It makes no difference. What I like about Jumprov is, you know, you are actually being the change because you all collaborating and networking and showing sisterhood is 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 message enough. Uh, it, you know, as a great start and a, and a great, um, a great example, I think. No, it definitely is, and I think the mainstream media in general, you just need to stop. <laughs> if you can hear me, mainstream yes. media, <laughs> yeah, just just stop writing parts for us that are sassy, or you know, just all these other words that don't need to be related to us get out and moonlight evidence enough that black stories with black casting 
are bankable because both of those movies were box office smashes in America. So you'd think then, you know, maybe, hopefully, casting directors in Britain. Yeah, exactly. Everybody. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully it'll be an example for you know, British casting directors and writers and production companies here to go, actually, yeah, if it works in America, work here. And on a, on a more personal note to the Midlands at the moment, the Bob Marley play that has been on at the Rep has had packed seats every single night. It was brought in... They, they did, they had a week added. It's brought in more seats than any show. I'm at the Rep quite a lot. I work there regularly. It's brought in more people, bums on seats than I've ever seen. It's, there's a buzz in the theatre. It's brought in non-theatre-going audiences. They have made so much money. It's transferring to Canada. You know what I mean? These, this, is, this is... But black stories don't sell, apparently. What has been um, your worst acting disaster? Has something happened where, you know, you... I don't know, you tripped up on stage or, you know, you, you said a funny line and no one laughed or um, is there something that's like an experience you've had that you would prefer to forget? That of course you're going to tell me because the world can hear. <laughs> have, you got, have you got one today? <laughs> Go on then. Um, all right, so this was a... Luckily, it wasn't professional, but it was a, I used to be part of B Masu Theatre and we used to perform at the old rep. And I was Carabas in Sleeping Beauty. Like, absolutely dream role. Loved it. Um, all my friends were in one night. So, like, I'm sure a quarter of the audience were just my friends. So they were heckling for hours when I got on stage to the point that one of the directors told me off, like, can you tell them to start? Like, well, no, because I'm in the show. But anyway... Um, so I have to, you know, you know the story. She's, she disguises as an old woman, sits on this little stool. So I had my normal cloak on that Carabas would wear and then the old witch's cloak on, which is massive. And the stool's like tiny. Probably could just fit like one bum cheek on it. And when I sat down in the blackout, my cape knocked the stool over, but I couldn't see. So I sat down on the stool on its side, really hurt myself. It was in a blackout, so they couldn't see that. So the lights came up, and I'm there on the floor. Like uh, The whole audience were creasing at me, like absolutely wetting themselves. And me, not I swear I was not in character, just screamed, shut up, at the audience. But luckily, because I was playing a baddie, they just laughed more. And I, like, I had to take a second, like, whoa day you you're on stage but i swear i was mad i really hurt myself i had a massive bruise but yeah it was all right apparently no one noticed everyone noticed but um yeah i'm absolutely howling did you tell that story because i can see you just falling down (laughs) jane your turn now have you got a story that you would like to share (laughs) Yeah, um, it's not as funny as a day as it, it's more serious actually. We were doing Twelfth Night, and I was playing Mariah, and we were doing the box tree scene. I don't know if you know of it, and we're on stage, and Malvolio, the, the funny character, is standing there, and literally as he's walked away, a light has fell down from the rigging and smashed right down. Like it, it missed him, and it, it, the audience—you can imagine—they were like, <gasps> "Someone's in trouble for health and safety there." Then it must have been, mustn't they? <laughs> Whoops, a daisy. Yeah, it would have killed him. He lit, you know, like you, the universe collided or whatever, and says, "Move, get out the way." That light is going. It was literally, and we just had to go on. Like they, they, we, we carried on, and they, they, you know, in the next available moment. They got us off stage, cleaned the light up because 
there's, there's glass everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and we were just like carrying on, like in Shakespeare as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's testament to your professionalism because, you know, you could have just gone and put all your attention to that moment, but you can't because you're, you're on stage. You've got to stick with the play. We acknowledged it because, it, you know, you deny nothing, um, create nothing. We're like, oh, that's awful. So what's happened? You know what I mean? We had to accept it and then move forward with it. So, yeah, the audience won't forgive you if you don't acknowledge what's happened. And they love you more for it, actually, if you go, okay, that light has just fell. And Malvolio, bless him, he was standing there, mincing, and just turned... So, let's carry on. (laughs) Love it, love it, love it. Jade Samuels uh, from Jumprov there telling us about her acting disaster as a bit of fun um, to end on. Thankfully, no one getting hurt. So thanks very much to Jade and Adea Henry as well uh, for um, having a chat with me. They sound like they are going to be all guns blazing for Jumprov. Their first show is Thursday, the 4th of May 2017. And um, I'm sure if you um, search on Google for Jumprov, J-U-M for Mother P-R-O-V, you'll be able to find out future dates of where they'll be performing as well. And also you heard about Monologue Slam in uh, their podcast as well. Monologue Slam is a great showcase that happens in, I believe it's Bristol, Manchester, definitely Birmingham and London as well. It was started and launched by um, Jimmy Akimbola, who um, is a great British actor who, I think he stars in Arrow now, but he definitely starred in um, Holby City for a time. And he he wanted to offer a platform for actors and actresses to, to get known and to meet casting directors. And that's what Monologue Slam is all about. So I know in May there is another Birmingham date coming, but again, search for that. It's great. It's a great show. Um, I've been sat in the audience not knowing any of the actors and actresses and that's how actually I got to meet Sunny Dapp who founded Jumprov, Anadea and Jade and it's just so exciting to see fresh young talent um, all the way through to you know people who are um, over 30 as well acting it's a great great show and in Birmingham I think the tickets are only about um, I think they're only about a tenner but it is a fantastic platform that really is helping people get that bit more noticed in what is an incredibly competitive field. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that podcast and uh, there are many more to come this month. It's been a little bit slow, but if you get my news my newsletter, you know why. I've been doing lots of university work and um, doing some lecturing as well. So fitting in interviews and editing all of those around it has been a little bit tricky. Um but I'm doing my best and I love doing it. So I hope you enjoy the interviews as well. Okay, until next time, don't forget, um, leave me a review. Let me know what you think on Twitter at Q Voices Podcast or to me personally at TV Marv. And don't forget to subscribe to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash TV Marv, where you can also, um, when you sign up to the newsletter, you will be entered into my free monthly competition. Until next time.